the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1800gambler or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1877770stop for Louisiana 1800270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 18778hopeny or text hopeny for New York Tennessee Redline 1800889 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the best of the sessions. What we have done is we've combined the best of Tuesday's episode and Thursday's episode, mashed them together to give you a beautiful little audio gift for your ear holes. We have some awesome, awesome guests on this show. Cannot thank people enough for taking the time to, to come hang out with me. Give me a little bit of their time. We give you a little bit of that. We all get to hang out and enjoy it, learn a little bit about each other. Um, so it's really cool to mash these all together and you guys can get those little abbreviated highlights of both of the interviews throughout the week. Also, of course, if you want to listen to the full lengths, you can do that. They all exist. Uh, just make sure to check out all things from the Volume Podcast Network. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, all that good stuff. But let's get into it. Here's the best of the sessions. Feeling? What's going on with you? Uh, I mean, not a lot, you know. Nothing's going on. I uh, I feel great. I hopefully look great. You look great. <laughs> he looks great. Everybody, give it up. He looks great. <laughs> I was just, yeah, I was just hoping for that. Just baiting, just baiting people to just tell me I look. Well, I good. had to make up for the fact that I emasculated you before we walked she out. She did here, so emasculate me side. before we come out to this podcast. It's a strategy she has. I feel like she did that on Talking Smack too. I did not. Okay. Talking Smack. Okay. I loved doing Talking Smack, and I get oh. asked about Talking Smack all the time. It was one of those like moments in my career where I was like, oh my God, this is the thing that I love doing. We weren't scripted. Wild West. We just got to like fuck around. Did you- Can we say- We can swear here, yeah? Yeah. Do it. No. Come on. No, A little I've bit? I've got kids. They're not going to listen. They might fucking listen to this thing, and I- <laughs> My little boy is going to fuck somebody up, and I don't know. <laughs> it's just going to be. What is your memory of doing Talking Smack? So I enjoyed it in the sense of sometimes I was trying to get fired, like bringing up fisting yeah. on, uh, on, on Talking Smack. I was the trying hog. To, the hog. Oh, God, I forgot about the hog. Doing a whole bit for weeks on end, and when they told me after I'd done it the first time, 
Don't talk about James Ellsworth having a huge hog. <laughs> uh, and I would just bring it up constantly because I was so frustrated at not being cleared to wrestle that I was just, I was ready to go. And also sometimes they would bring me to TV just to do Talking Smack. It was a hit television show. Of course they did. It wasn't so hit that they kept it going. So Yeah, I mean, so, it lives yeah. on now. Not to what we were doing, but it does still kind of exist to a degree. What do you mean? It's, it's still a show. We're Talking just not Smack on is it. a show? It is, right? No. I think it is. Nah. They do like Raw Talk and Talking Smack. It's much different from what you and I were doing. Oh, okay. Now it's like a polished in a studio show. Oh, okay. We were like, we had like no backdrop. We had like... Nobody's, Rhino was coming in dressed as Santa Claus and shit. Like we. Nobody's accusing AJ Styles of being a flat earther. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that not happening on their shows? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where it got kiboshed. Okay, okay. So I always loved doing that show, but yeah, yeah, it was a really interesting time in your career where I was like, well, I'm reaping the benefits of working with a man who like it's a really special place when you like don't give a shit. And you can just have fun. You don't really care what the repercussions are going to be. So I was loving that. But I know for you, it was like definitely a weird part in your career where I was like, what's happening? Yeah. So uh, there were parts of it that I really enjoyed that really made me laugh. We had one episode. It was really, really great. Alexa Bliss is on. Maybe she had just lost the championship or something like that. I don't remember exactly the thing. But I had said something to her. And then she's also like, and the Patriots just lost the Super Bowl. And, but... This was on a Tuesday. The Super Bowl was Sunday. That's when they had that great comeback in the fourth <laughs> quarter. And there was a writer in the back saying, see something about the Patriots. She didn't know what was going on. So she said, and the Patriots lost. I was like, well, great news. <laughs> I'm sure you've missed it, but the Patriots actually won. <laughs> they came back. And she was just so like, ah. Uh, I, I well, don't that know. was like that was a very funny the moment Miz on that one, show. The Miz one, I mean, I, the Miz one's kind of the most epic thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well, we don't need to like harp on this, but what is like your recollection of that show in that moment when that was all going down with you and Mike? Part of me like doesn't want to let the cat out of the bag, but part of me loves the story. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. I think, I think, I think Mike may may have told the story already. So maybe the cat's already out of the bag. The cat left the bag and is in the alley. Let's okay. get to it. So, Miz was very frustrated. He was Intercontinental Champion and wasn't being on TV much. I was very frustrated that they weren't clearing me to wrestle, despite numerous doctors having cleared me to wrestle. And and you know, I understand why, but that's a long story anyway. So. Just getting oh, we'll get to the to point of, of my frustration. So we came up with this thing, and the original plan that Mike and I had come up with was I was going to fucking deck him. We wanted to get under each other's skin so much that it was plausible that I would legit be angry enough to punch him. And so that was the intent. And the idea was either they're going to fire me or it's going to make people want to see the match so much yeah. that they're going to have to clear me to wrestle. But then Mike did such a great job, intuitively I felt it was better to walk off. Interesting. And, like, and, and leave him, because it was also like, God, this is so good, leave him with his heat. Right. And it was like. He was like in tears. He had he tears was in his so, eyes. He was so good. He yeah. was magic. Yeah, he was. He was magic. And I think that's the thing. 
Mike and I don't like each other, legitimately. But Mike is also somebody that I respect a lot for working very, very hard. And so, like, when he was just going off and I was like, this is so good. It'd be so good if I punched him. But maybe it would resonate more and be better for him if we fought. Right. So that's, that's what happened. So, yeah, and then everybody, including Maurice, was like, what is going on? Yes. Why are... Why is this happening? Or they cut to me. I'm like, and we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, not really sure what's happening here. So, yeah. so if you had actually decked him, I might have blacked out because it was so tense oh. sitting between the two of you. And I'm like, oh, something bad's happening here. <laughs> if you had actually physically attacked him, yeah, I would have passed out on the desk. So yeah. I guess thanks for that. But it would have been good television too. It would have been great television. It might have gotten canceled, and I'm, but I might have gotten fired. It would have been... I don't know. There would have been pluses and minuses. Well, the show got canceled and you don't work there anymore anyways. So yeah. here we yeah. are. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Um, okay. What was that last year like for you with WWE? Oh, it's magic. Uh, it, I mean, you laugh thinking that I'm lying, but it's not. Nobody else has said this. I loved wrestling in front of no people. I specifically loved wrestling in the performance center with no noise. Yeah. Because it was like, whoa, this is wild. I remember, like, was it you and AJ did like a two out of three falls match or something like that that was like really yeah, crazy? Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of proud of that, but that wasn't, that wasn't what I'm into. Okay. Because there were people there. They had the uh, oh, people the who were trained. Yeah, the NXT people who were like, they're not really cheering like, any, like a crowd would like emotionally, right? So they're just cheering because they're supposed to cheer. And then when it goes to commercial break, we stop. And everybody just stops and everybody just sits down. And then they're like, okay, what are we, yeah. we going to do next, right? And, uh, but I love, like, the performance center with no Thunderdome. Just, like, me and Drew Gulak were just doing, <laughs> yeah. doing wild stuff. I wrestled uh, Claudio, and uh, we were just talking about that the other day. It was a lot of fun. And yeah. then the, um, I was a little bit a part of the creative team. What was that like? Because I remember hearing that, that you were part of the creative team. And, like, how did that come about? And, like, even for you to, like, accept that position, we all know what that position can be like. Yeah. Obviously different for you, but. So the pandemic was happening. Somebody in one of my segments, it was right before Bree was about to give birth to our son, Buddy. And it was, like, a month before that, somebody in one of my segments had gotten COVID. Oh, shit. And they called me and said, hey, you were in a segment with, somebody who got COVID, a bunch of people in the segment got COVID, you might have COVID. I tested, I didn't have COVID, but then I said, I'm probably not coming to work. Yeah. I, I requested, I didn't say like, hey, I'm absolutely not coming to work. I'd say like, hey, I don't think I should come to work. My wife's pregnant, we yeah. didn't, you know, uh, do soon. And so, so anyways, um, so they were completely fine with that. They were great with that. And then Bruce Pritchard called me and, uh, and said, hey, I know you're gone, but would you like to be a part of the creative team, be a part of the meetings and stuff like that, that they were doing all through Zoom and all that kind of stuff anyways. And I said, yeah. And so uh, I did that. Huh. I, I loved it. Um, I know a lot of people have talked a lot of crap about writers or... Oh, thankless job. Yeah, it's but, a thankless job. Yeah. I think there's a lot of smart, fun writers. Absolutely. Um, that I loved working with. Uh, I would always think that too, because like you see those writers and like obviously they, they have amazing resumes. They are smart, brilliant people you're just working within certain circumstances, but they're yeah. amazing. And so, and like, there was a, there's a writer, I hope he still works there. I think sometimes 
people sometimes reach out to me via text, but I never check my phone. And then I'm like, I have over 3,000 unread text yeah, messages Yeah, I'm pretty sure I texted you months and months ago to do this show and you didn't <laughs> respond to me. <laughs> text, text is a bad way to get a hold of me. I'll text you, yeah, Bree next yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, texting Bree is the most efficient way. To, <laughs> People uh, do that so, to me too. It's bullshit. People yeah. always message me for John. It's so not fair. Yeah, well, we've got the game figured out. Mm-hmm. You, uh, yeah. So like Ryan Callahan, who was um, one of, if not the lead SmackDown writer at the time, we would talk about SmackDown sometimes on Mondays. He's like, hey, I'd like to run some ideas by you, and we talk. But then we just talk afterwards. I love Ryan. Like, I love dealing with Bruce Pritchard. Like, I know some people talk bad about Bruce. I love Bruce. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I loved working with the writers. Jen, I forget Jen's, Jen Pepperman. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jen is She's hilarious. She's great. I yeah, yeah. And she won yeah. two Emmys. She's amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, so people that want to like talk shit on the writing team, they are very qualified, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Just they're, so you know. not only are they qualified, they're fun people to yeah. be around. If you if you're if you can ex- accept that they're not wrestlers, yes. right? Yeah. And they're just like, hey, this is a fun person to talk to. Yeah. Like I find I found, uh, God, uh, Kirsch. 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 I knew it was gonna Kirsch. be Kirsch. He, uh, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah, yeah love yeah. Kirsch. Yeah, so many, so many people are just so much fun. So what went? So you had such a great time. You, ha- I mean, shit. You look at the career you were able to have at WWE. You got to do so many amazing things. What came down to you deciding to part ways with them? So people think I had two options between WWE and AEW, and the reality is was that I was considering three options which was WWE, AEW, or just not being a full-time wrestler anymore and just being more of a full-time dad. Yeah. Um, when I told that to Brie with the money that each company was offering me, she, I think she wanted to kill me. She might, she might have wanted to kill me. And yeah, then, yeah. Uh, so that was... So, uh, but really it came down to a little bit schedule, um, a little bit of creative freedom, and also just this idea of I had been there for so long. Yeah. Maybe something a little bit new would be fun. I also kind of wanted to bleed. And. <laughs> okay. And so, which is a weird thing to say. Other, Let's unpack that a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. What, what is the deal? There is some. So if you were to ask me to bleed right now, I, in front of however many people we have Call here. Me the hard way, you brother? I would say. No thanks. That doesn't sound like fun. You get in front of a thousand people in the moment inside a wrestling ring, bleeding. There's something about it that just makes you feel very alive, right? It's just. Is like, it like the blood in your eyes, in your mouth? I don't You're know. fighting for your life a little I harder. I don't know what it is. There's just something to it. There's a magic to it that. I would like, like to conduct some kind of cross study on oh, a few of you guys. You should. A- I mean, you should ask your husband because <laughs> Trust me, I know. he bleeds every match. Comes most home. Of, most of the time, not on purpose. He came home last night. I fell asleep early last night, so he slept on the couch to not wake up uh, the dogs and my daughter and all that. And he was, like, sleeping on the couch, and I had his hoodie up, and I just, like, pulled it back to be like, what are we working with here yeah. today? But he was yeah. okay. He's fine. Nothing. Yeah. All good. But, yeah, the, the bleeding thing is just this other... I don't understand it, but that's... You do it every month. I... Oh. Well, <laughs> he's right. Is that... He's right. Wait a second. But we talked about fisting. We, were, <laughs> we just said fisting. There wasn't any. There oh, wasn't a single O. Oh. Menstruation. Yeah, I mean, it's just like it's a natural part. But mine's natural. Mine's not like self-inflicted. Does that make a difference? 
Yeah, you probably don't enjoy it nearly as much. As <laughs> I don't. <laughs> as Mine I has like it. side <laughs> symptoms that come with it. I, I'm in a really bad mood. I'm bloated. I'm yeah, hungry. Yeah, yeah, I'm upset. Yeah, yeah. It's all bad. Yeah. All, all bad. Um, okay, so you wanted to go to AW. You wanted to do this different style. You kind of wanted to just, especially at this, this age mm-hmm. as well, to like see what this, I don't want to call it like a last run, but like really strong years of like kind of being in your prime, right? Mm-hmm. Of just kind of figuring out like what else can you do? You're a man that is like a wrestler's wrestler. Was there also, I don't know if I like read this somewhere. Was there an option of you maybe staying with WWE and also doing dates with New Japan? Yeah, I think they were trying to make that work out. Yeah. Which it eventually did not work out. Did not. So, um, which I think is good for everybody. 100%. So, definitely. So, yeah. So, what was the moments like between you leaving WWE and then going to AEW? Well, I took... Uh, Five months off. Yeah. And it was great because I didn't really watch wrestling or think about wrestling for kind of the first time in my life. Um, and I just spent time with my kids and we were in Tahoe and we were hiking and we were just doing, it was amazing, yeah. which is why the third option <laughs> of not going anywhere was very appealing to me. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. When you get to spend time with your kids like that and just kind of step away and you've already been able to scratch that itch. For mm-hmm. so long. I mean, of course, there's things that you want to do and all that. But when you see your kids and you get to hang out with them, I definitely get like even times for me, I'm like, should I just hang at home with this baby right now? Because it's really a good time. Yeah. It's lovely. It's yeah. so, so nice. Um, let's go back to when you retired. Okay. What what all went into? I mean, I know, obviously, the medical side of things of you having to retire, but having to go out and actually like cut that promo. We were in Washington when you retired as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Your mom was in the crowd. My mom was in the crowd. A couple of my friends were in the crowd. Uh, yeah, it was weird because um, Vince McMahon had called me on the Saturday. It was a Monday when I came out and gave the speech. He called me on a Saturday and said, we're not going to clear you. I'd like you to announce your retirement on Monday. Because people at that point, it's getting close to WrestleMania. People are wanting me to come back. I'm wanting to come back. Like, let's just get everything out of the way, don't give them hope. And uh, what better place to do it than in Seattle, where you're from, that sort of thing. And at first I was like, oh, I gotta think about it. And then I talked to Bree, like they're not gonna let me wrestle. I might as well be able to do it in front of my friends and family in the building where my dad last saw me wrestle, yeah. which was like very emotional for me. Um, and so yeah, so it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was a really hard day. <laughs> it, was a hard, it was a hard day. So even leading up to that day, though, like having that conversation with Vince and swallowing that pill of like, I've got to walk away from this right now. Like, what were those conversations you were having with yourself, the conversations you were having with Bree, with your family? Like what? I can't imagine somebody saying you can't do this thing you love anymore. Yeah. So it was hard, but it wasn't as hard as it sounds, and it's, uh, especially with how much I love wrestling, because once I did the speech and... I stepped away. I wasn't around wrestling. Yeah. So I started, oh, God. But then we had to film Total Bellas. Jesus. <laughs> okay, that's the part I forgot. Yeah. Okay, so then shortly after this, so I have to give this retirement speech. And then I have to go live in John Cena's house. Woo-hoo! Like, Take off your shoes. Because, because we're, filming, we're filming Total Bellas. I hate, 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 hate. I don't hate many things. I hate filming reality television. What do you hate the most about it? All of it. It's just like you're constantly changing clothes on Mm. the same day 
to go film something to pretend like it's a different day. <laughs> this is supposed to be real. Can't I just wear my my same clothes? And they're like, no, you cannot. Just have a uniform like John, and, white t-shirt and jeans. And I also, it was really hard because, you know, like, when you're going through something like retiring, this thing that you love gets taken away from you, you'd like to be around friends and family. Bree was on the road full time with wrestling. So she was leaving on like Fridays, not coming back till Wednesdays. We'd film Wednesday, Thursday. Mm. She leaves on Friday. I'm in John Cena's guest house. There's all these rules. I've got the dog. I'd like it's it's it was just like I love John, right? Yeah. I think John John's great, but that's not the ideal thing to be in. And then like the, they manufacture these arguments Ugh. that sometimes turn into real arguments. <laughs> Great. And then one of the real arguments got real, real. Oh, shit. And then it was like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to be here anymore. So I just left. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was bad. You and John had an argument? No, 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 no. It, it actually started with me and Nicole having an argument. Uh-oh. About because Bree and I had bought this property. We were going to build a house. I wanted it to be a smaller house. Nicole wanted it to be a bigger house. It's not your house. It's my house. <laughs> then... It got into this thing about, oh gosh, yeah, so this... Let's roll up our sleeves, <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> it got into this thing about deserving stuff, right? Oh, shit. About deserving this or deserving that or whatever it is. And my opinion on all of it is that none of us deserve these things that we've gotten. For example, I've met a lot of fantastic wrestlers along the way who never got to where I was. Purely because of luck, good or bad, good luck on my side, bad luck on their side. When you look at somebody like Nigel McGuinness, right. who in theory, the only reason he wasn't me or more successful because he was honest about tearing his bicep and I lied about concussions and seizures. Yeah. And that wasn't a thing that I went into the doctor. And when, the, when they're asking you these questions, it wasn't like I was thinking like, oh, I got to lie to him about my concussion thing. They ask. And in my, that part of your brain that just reacts on instinct, they said, oh, nope, you know, I'm good. And like, yeah. and his thing was like, well, I got to tell him about my bicep tear or whatever. And that's the difference between me getting to where I got yeah. and then him never having a match in WWE, yeah. right? So anyways, when we get back to the deserving stuff, somebody deserving a bigger house, when a bigger house is worse for the planet, and all that kind of stuff. And Bree and I had talked, and that didn't even seem to be what she wanted anyways. And then we get into this big thing, and then just left. Didn't go to Kathy's wedding, which I feel really bad about. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was bad. Yikes. Yeah. How long did it take for you guys to make up? I mean, you and Nicole are really close. We apologized and had, like, that day, but it had put me in a mental state where mm. I was. I mean, if there was, if there was ever, that, that's the closest I've ever come to, like, okay, this is, yeah. I'm done. Oh, my gosh. With, with all of it. it was a, I was not ready yeah. for the yeah, story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it so, not have that written down? It was not a yeah. question. <laughs> hey, hey, let's talk about the worst day of your what? life. Can we, can we talk about I mean, that I do one? like to get people emotional on the show, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't you, get super emotional about it now. No. I, mean, I love my life now. Yeah, you got a great life. I got a great life. Great yeah. life. Hot wife, cute kids. It's Hot all wife, out. cute kids. Yeah, good career. It's good all career. happening. Um, and not to take away from those amazing, uh, beautiful things, but you mentioned the concussions and the seizures. Um, 
When you're going through those things, I mean, you were just out uh, recently with injury uh, again. What what kind of goes into that? What goes into you being medically cleared again? What is like that process? Well, so so seeing a neurologist, um, and it was interesting. This last one, he said, you know, after you start feeling better, we're gonna have to uh, have a serious talk about your long term mm -hmm. uh, your long term health. And I thought what that meant was, after you feel better, I'm going to talk to you about not wrestling anymore. Okay. And that's, that's kind of where I thought he was going. And then my brain scans came back so goddamn good that, <laughs> that, not, a, that not a single person could say anything about, uh, about it. You know, and I think you know, it's interesting because um, I do put a lot – of work and effort into keeping my brain healthy and doing things outside of of normal stuff to yeah. keep my brain healthy and so uh so i think that's paying dividends a little bit and so yeah tell me about some of that stuff though because okay so you have to retire mm -hmm. due to the concussions due to all these circumstances and yeah, you took matters into your own hands. Everyone told you not to wrestle. You went and did your thing. What does that mean? What did well, you do? Well, to say everybody told me not to wrestle, that's a bit of a stretch. Because I oh. was cleared. But that was the frustrating part, is that I was cleared by several neurologists. Okay. But not the one that mattered most. And then, the, and then there were two neurologists otherwise who wouldn't clear me. And so it became like kind of a mixed issue. Right. Err on the side of caution type thing. Um, but, you know, the developments in medicine and science are so much better now. And so uh, there's a lot of stuff like hyperbaric oxygen therapy and all this kind of stuff that, How you often know, do you do that? Like, what is so, that? I hear these words and I don't oh, actually know what that is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody cares. Oh, okay. Uh, well, but <laughs> I was somewhat interested. <laughs> for those of you who do care. Google it. It's, uh, yeah, it's being placed in uh, uh, like kind of a tube where... It's 1.5 atmospheres of pressure, lots of oxygen being flooded into your brain. A lot of the military is doing it for people who have had concussions and all that kind of stuff in military things and that sort of thing. But it's not FDA approved yet, so it's not, for example, I mean, all that stuff's a long process. So anyways, yeah. I did that where a uh, hundred sessions of that where I'm in there for an hour and a half each time. That sounds like um, a claustrophobic nightmare. Oh, I love a good... Uh, uncomfortable claustrophobia mm. i think it's a good chance to like really practice zen and meditation um and that's a real thing like you put me in an that's uncomfortable literally giving me like anxiety i'd have a heart attack you put me in an uncomfortable position my first thing is to freak out and then shortly after that i'm like can i stay calm in this position <laughs> and in most cases it's yes in some but there cases, has been a no yeah. Uh, so when I was before I had my neck surgery in 2014, they were um, God, I forget what it's called. The long needles. Oh, the long ones. The um, like. Um, yeah. Shit. They were what is doing. That they were doing something to alleviate the uh, the pain. What was it? No, not not acupuncture, right? No, 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 no. Not like the like needle, no, 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 needle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. We're the, talking the good stuff like, here. Uh, epidural style. Yeah, <laughs> epidural style. And so it was like, uh, so they had me, I was face down, and, you know, they numb up your whole back, so I'm not supposed to feel anything. 
And then all of a sudden I got the worst pain I'd ever felt in my life. And the needle, this giant needle had hit the nerve. <gasps> and, uh, and the doctor was like, oh God. And like he said, oh God. And then I, Abort mission. I screamed out, fuck. <laughs> and uh, and then, then they're like, well, we're already here. Do you want us to do it? And I was like, do you want us to try again? And I was like, okay. And then, then they finish, and then they come up to me with all these waivers. Oh, and they said, shit. we forgot to have you sign the waiver. <laughs> and I'm great. just trying to, like, like, I'm trying to just, like, not die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I signed the waivers. And, uh, and, yeah, finding Zen in that moment, I was not, I was not capable. Oh, that's horrifying. I, yeah. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah, I was already in such a state of panic when I was getting my epidural that I was like, just do whatever you got to do back there. Do whatever you do. We'll get through this. It's all going to be fine. Um, Okay, so you're in like the hyperbaric chambers. What other things are you doing that help your brain, help your body? I mean, you obviously do a ton of research, a ton of reading. You're a pretty smart guy. What else are you doing? Yeah, so I think um, diet, I think, helps brain function. there's a lot of that that I probably don't want to get into because I don't okay. want to give people the wrong information. I am Fair. not a doctor. Fair. I am not somebody to listen to for advice. You guys all signed as... the waiver, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think there's some dietary choices that you can make that uh, affect brain health. I also think constant learning is uh, good for neurological circuits in your brain. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there's things about like, okay, Cardio, like uh, 30 to 45 minutes of cardio at like 120 beats per minute. Um, this is getting too deep into the stuff, but it helps your brain recover. Oh. So I've never been somebody who's into steady state cardio. I like doing sprint work. I like doing that sort of thing. But apparently the steady state low cardio is good for uh, improving brain function. Interesting. So all of that kind of stuff, you know, just a lot of the stuff on longevity science about uh, staying away from Alzheimer's and all that kind of stuff that you can look up and research now. I mean, there's a lot of great information on it that they've advanced in the last 10 years. And even just that, I think, also will improve people, people's brain who have had concussion issues. Yeah. And so, so yeah, all that kind of stuff, I think. Uh, but it's also fun to learn new things. It's fun, like I learned how to speed read a couple of years ago. And how then, do you learn to speed read? Oh, God. I'd have, like, a ruler on each line, like, trying to just, like, make the most of it. What do you do? Yeah, some people think of speed reading is skimming, and it's not. So, uh, so I'm at, right now, over 500 words per minute, which is most people, on average, read 200 words per minute. John F. Kennedy apparently read 1,000 words a minute. So, I mean, there's still room for improvement. <laughs> Where do you gather uh, this intel from? What's that? It's amazing. So, it's amazing what you can learn if you read books instead of look at your phone. Right. Sure. I think that that's like a real thing. So yeah, one of the things people ask me about social, like, like, oh, like, you know, when they talk to me about social media, uh, and I, I, especially like some of the younger guys in the locker room who really love social media and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And my point of view on it is this, if you're looking to it for, if you had a good match, how good is my match? Let's look at Twitter to see if I was doing a, uh, PhD in psychology, I wouldn't submit my paper to the people on Twitter to see if it was good. I would ask, I would probably ask my professor. Likewise, just as far as general information, 
I think most people spend less than five minutes crafting a tweet or mm. Oh, I do Instagram. that all the time. I'm like, oop, where's that edit button? Whoops, a daisy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's not something people have put a ton of thought into. Whereas, for example, a, a great nonfiction book. Take Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. Oh, yeah. Right? So that guy has spent his entire life learning the history of humanity and put it into one book that you can read in, I don't know. It's takes, a pretty thick book. Yeah. It's so it takes one. me about a week, right? So it might, it, most people, it might take a month. But even just reading, if you spend an hour on Twitter a day, spending an hour on Sapiens, you would get so much more out yeah. of it. Football fans, check out the Three and Out podcast with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. John brings his unique perspective as an ex-NFL scout to the volume to break down all the news around the NFL and college football. Whether you're looking for game predictions, coaching searches, the ins and outs of the NFL front office, even an occasional golf tip, John has you covered. Download 3 and Out with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. This feels like our old promo days. Yeah. We got to do a lot of promos together. We really did. Oh my God, we did so many promos. Remember the time that I was um, told that we needed to do it on the other side? Yep. Was that the time, I feel like it was when, um, God, I can picture the building, when we were there super, super late like doing it over and yes. over. Virginia. Yes, yes, it was in Virginia. It was where, some beach. Norfolk? Norfolk. Yes. Norfolk, Virginia. That, yeah, I do think that that's exactly where it was. And yep. we were like stuck backstage going over and over. The dogs have decided to join us for this episode. Welcome, you Love guys. It. It's good to see you both. Love dogs. I don't know how they even open that door. I can barely open that door, but oh, I have three of them now. How did you go from having no dogs to now having these three like beautiful beasts just running all over your house? Oh my God. Well, it started with getting joy for Miro. Mm -hmm. And then I got a teacup palm for myself uh-huh and then I guess I don't know kind of murals on the road and I'm so used to doing like 1700 things yes. and hustling and working hard and that and I just feel like because I'm just not traveling I needed to get some yeah. other dramatic thing I hear so you I had a baby I, gotta, I recommend that too I mean it's all it's all up there we we gotta like fill our time yes we are doers yes. and we're, we like to have a full pack schedule when we wake up to when we go to bed yep how has that affected you? Even though like, I know you're obviously still busy doing a million different things, but I don't think anything ever really compares to like the busy when you're on the road oh, yeah, nothing. with like WWE and like doing house shows. We've got TV, you've got blah, blah, blah. How was that kind of stepping away in that aspect and like adjusting to life on the other side? My time with WWE finished in June 2nd. And then I started Surreal Life six weeks later. Oh my God, yes! Yeah, and that's gonna I'm supposedly come out at the end of the year okay. on MTV and Paramount Plus. Okay. And so that was crazy. That started July 17th in Mexico City. And I was essentially trapped in a house with eight other celebrities, uh -huh. including Dennis Rodman, Tamar Braxton. The worm, baby. Yeah, like so many great people. And so- I went from like one drama to the drama of all dramas. Like imagine total That's really divas. stressful. It was so stressful. They t and I know that like, sounds so ridiculous. I feel so like my ridiculous. hair would fall out. 
legit. Like that is crazy. And they take your phone. You have no doors. So like Dennis Rodman would just show up in our bedroom, like me and Tamar together. And like, we wake up and Dennis Rodman's just sitting there like smoking a cigar. I'm like, what is happening right now? Oh yeah. my so, God. Um, it was, a, it was crazy. So that was like, you really close, like you can't stand everyone at one point, but then you love everyone. Again, another dysfunctional family. Yeah, I was gonna say, so the locker room. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And so I, when I left, I guess before that I I was struggling with like, am I ever going to get over the heartbreak of leaving WWE? Yeah. And then I did surreal life and I realized, no, you put me in the right situation. Yeah. I will make new friends. I will, you know, adjust. And um, so that was like the following a week or two, I was adjusting from that, leaving that world and missing those people. And then from there, the next six months, I was just enjoying not being on the road. Like I had been pretty much nonstop. Like I counted that over eight years, I spent 800 days in a plane. It's so funny to me after like being on the road, as long as we were traveling as much as yeah. we were, my bag in the front of this Airbnb, I'm like, what's in this bag? Yeah. Who packed this bag? I don't know how to pack a bag. You would think that would be a skill that you would acquire over these years. And it's like, yep. I left and I'm like, mm, I don't know how to do that at all anymore. I have not yeah. a clue. Uh, the, well, the packing was always the most stressful. Like yeah. I was like, why does it take you seven hours? And I'm like, well, I have to plan my outfits. Yeah. Uh-huh. My problem is I don't plan my outfit. So I just like, I'm like, maybe this and maybe this, this could maybe be an option. And I end yeah. up with like 6,000 things that I don't even end up wearing, um, but it's stupid. Um, okay. How did this surreal life even come about? It's funny. Cause I, I mean, obviously like getting ready for this interview, I was like, oh yeah, cool. But I like forgot. I remember totally. reading that that had yeah. happened. It's been a, it's been a, a long year. time. It was yeah. last year at the, I was filming it in Mexico city right now. Okay. A year ago. Yeah. And so, um, my manager reached out to me. I was, I was still with WWE. He reached out and he was like, surreal life wants you. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought I was getting ribbed. Cause I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm like out of all the celebrities, even from WWE, like why me? And they're like, no, he, they want you. And he also manages Eva. And mm. so I was like, whoa, like they wouldn't want her. And he's like, specifically they're asking for you. So I did the whole submission. Baby's it, booked. Submitted it to- What did jo- you have to do for the submission? No, I just submitted to John Cone and John Ace. You know, the typical. Yeah. No, they, it wasn't any type of audition. They were like, we want you. I think it might've been, I guess maybe Total Divas. I also wonder like maybe with the story I was doing with Bobby Lashley. Mm. I don't know. Like that's me really reading into it. But I wonder if they're like all these, like, is she really maybe scandalous? Who's to say? I have no idea. But, and it's also just, that's entertainment. Like really, if I break it down, all the things that throughout my entire career I've auditioned for that, you know, you think sometimes you're like, oh, I killed that audition. I should get it. And you don't get it. You don't even get a call back. Sure. And then there's jobs like WWE out of all the hundreds of thousands of people that want to get to WWE and want to be a character and wrestle and work for WWE. I got yeah. picked or, yeah. you know, pitch perfect the same way. I didn't even audition for pitch perfect. And I got just a call from my agent. They're booking you. I have like a love hate relationship with the audition process. Sometimes oh, yeah. I like, oh, yeah. I think I like the prep that goes into like prepping oh, for, sure. for an audition. Yeah. I enjoy that, but yeah, it's, I don't think I'm a good auditioner. Oh my I God. think I eat shit every time. No, you're good at everything you do. No, you're no, so no, no. smart. <laughs> you're so smart. I'm always telling Mira, I'm like, she's so cool. She's also so smart. So oh my God. Uh, blessings and salutations. Oh, I'll take it. I'll take it all day. 
Are you still friends with anybody from this real life? Yeah, I talked to Tamar Braxton. She was my roommate. Okay. Um, she, oh God, she's made for reality TV. She's hilarious. She's, she's good reality TV. How different was this than doing Total Divas? I think because of Total Divas and we understand that things get like beaded out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think at this point, it's like no real secret about that stuff. Yeah. You know, with the Kardashians and selling sunsets, everyone kind of knows like yeah. there's heels, there's baby faces. And however, they definitely tried to like not right. do that. Yeah. And so that's what we were dealing with to real life. Like they were trying to pretend it's all reality. Mm. And um, so me and Tamar, cause Tamar did 10 seasons of- reality TV with yeah. her family yes. and they have won like awards. Yeah. We're yeah. all like, you've been there and done and that. Like, I'm like, they're trying to set us up. She's like 100%. <laughs> and then the crazy <laughs> thing is you have Kim Coles who comes from scripted television and then Manny um, MUA, who's a huge vlogger. Okay. And so he's never done reality TV. And then Frankie Muniz. <laughs> we, yeah. I heard that name in a minute. I know. I know. And so when me and Tamar are like, Hey, this is like, you know, you can't believe everything the producers are telling you. They right. were like, what are you talking about? And it's like, no, 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 but really you can't. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. We're so, not on like a real set with yeah, like the trailers no, no. and the glitz and the glam. Yeah, this is like the nitty yeah. gritty. We're making totally, an entertaining show. Totally, totally. God, so. I remember when you and I got in like a fight on Total Divas. <laughs> what, I know. Did I tell you like- Fuck off or something. I feel like something like that. <laughs> you were like being like, I don't I know. Was I was being bratty. Well, I, I we was were a brat both being too. bratty. I was, uh, those were like my, so, well, non-drinking days. Those were your non-drinking days? You weren't drinking then? Like the first two years in WWE, I didn't really didn't drink at all. Yeah. I've gone through those stages, but like if anyone else is drinking, I'm just, just like a stick up my ass type oh, of thing. Oh, okay. And I would like have been Renee, we're trying to sleep. <laughs> like right well, now, I would Trent have and I been... were trying to like break into your room and like wreak havoc while you and Miro were trying to catch some Z's. So we deserved it, but uh, we I mean, it was a taking fun shots trip. with you. you That's where the been. fun was. You should have been. Um, okay, let's talk some WWE things because, of course, that's what everybody wants to hear and wants to talk about. And it's where we spent all of our time together. You had such an interesting career in WWE. I mean, you got to do so many different things. But I mean, you coming in there starting as a valet, what was kind of like the initial pitch for that? And I guess just like the success of it, because it's a real art form. Of course, we know that of like being a valet in WWE, but you like fucking crushed it. Like you were Thank so you. good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that it was, you know, I came in with an acting background and yeah. just performance and storytelling and basically committing to whatever character, like playing a romance story. I mean, I was doing Nutcracker and Swan Lake, like all yeah. these things were showing a story that you're in love with someone and then heartbreak and betrayal was just normal. Yeah. And, you know, then with acting, you just learn to do it with words and yeah. not just your body. And so with WWE, I connected with all those aspects really quickly of like, okay, we can tell stories with our words, mm -hmm. but we can also tell stories with our action and bodies. And I felt like the verbiage part, I picked up a lot quicker because- yeah. in you're great w promo for sure. Thank you, yeah. thank you. And um, I think at WWE, you know, everyone- is athletic. When people are dissing, oh, that person sucks. No, everyone Everyone's is amazing. Yeah. Everyone is the best athletes in the world. It's just, some of them are gold medalists. You right. know, some of them are like the 0. 0.0001%. Mm -hmm. And those are the people like the Charlottes, the Ronda Rousey's, they're winning. And yeah. kind of a lot of times, rightfully so, you know, yeah. they really would kick my ass in a real fight. <laughs> yeah. So I would uh, not want to participate in that fight. No, thank you. <laughs> 
So um, when I just started NXT, I would do a ton of different pitches. Like I would, every week I would bring Dusty, like a huge board of like seven different character pitches. And he immediately paired me with Miro, like, because I was Russian and yeah. he was Bulgarian. So that means, you know. Of course, of here course, we go. You know, Eastern Europe. Yeah. Guys. And um, yeah, we got paired together and I just really always committed to it. I think I always really wanted to play a Russian character. So that was kind of falling into my dream. Um, because and did you pitch that too? I, or Dusty just saw that already? And yeah, I it? didn't necessarily think I could pull off with a Russian accent. In Hollywood prior to that, I would audition for a lot of Russian characters, but it was usually a Russian character that had to speak Russian and then fluent English. And then the ones that you had to do an accent, I just, it was really Triple H being like, we need you with an accent. So I was like, okay, give me a couple days. And I got a coach and I got the accent. And, but I, it was my dream. Like I always wanted to play a Russian character because I grew up in um, the former Soviet Union. And also what's going to make me stand out over all the other brilliantly amazing actresses that are blonde out there or just, you know, so it was kind of that. And then Miro, they wanted to bring up and we just had a great connection. We were doing more comedy. So they wanted us to do something more serious. And then it just like kept going. Triple H really had hands on on it and Mm -hmm. Road Dogg had hands on and Arn Anderson and Billy Gunn, like all of them really, really had a part of, you know, honing it. And then Vince, we were doing the Bulgarian, he was doing the Bulgarian thing and I was doing the Russian thing. And that was like for the first three, four months up until WrestleMania where we actually debuted twice. And within a month, Vince called us in and he's like, okay, Rusev is going to reside in Russia and you're going to start dedicating matches to Vladimir Putin. And I uh, forgot about that. And I would have to cut my promos in front of Vince. Oh my God. Okay, what is that like cutting a promo in front of Vince when he is like hyper-focused on what you and Miro were doing at the time? Yeah, I would definitely get really nervous, but he was always happy with it. I would do it and he really didn't have many notes. I think his biggest notes, yeah, I he would just be like, be natural. And then I would do it. The promos, he never... He was always happy with. One time he told me I needed to work on my acting, which was- <laughs> Did that kill you? It did really that, did. Like, I feel like it's like it Ralphie's did. like heartbreaking when yes. Lisa breaks up with him. Um, <laughs> yes. Basically, he goes, you're playing a manager. You're playing a manager. And I basically bent down and I was like going like this, like, like, like how on, Paul Heyman or okay. Zelina would do or yeah. Summer. No. He was like, that is not, he's like, you're playing a wrestling manager. He's like, I just need you to be you. And I'm like, so I never did that. Isn't that that? the worst thing someone says? Just be you. And you're like, I don't think I know what that means as it pertains to this situation. (laughs) So I never did that again. And I think it was also a segment that I did with Zeb and- Zeb. Yes, and Swagger. That guy. And we were doing some debate and I got really, I got really mad. And he pulled me aside. He was like, Mm. you're playing the state of mad. He's like, I just need you to listen. And it was interesting because I was in acting class. Immediately I got back into acting class and my biggest issue, my teacher was like, you're pretending to listen. You're not Mm, actually listening. mm. And then I realized that was actually a bad habit I had in life. I would pretend to listen. (laughs) And I'm like, oh wow, acting's like really bringing a lot of things. So um, acting is therapy class is what it is. Definitely. So yeah, but he was, he was always really happy. He would, I I told him, I'm like, oh, I'm in acting class. And he's like, I see a big difference. Great job. Great. Um, God, remember we used to have an acting coach on the road? Oh Yeah. 
Yeah. I but I really like that. I mean, I, like I liked that it stuff. too. I like, no, that I know stuff. a lot of people were yeah. like very against it, hated it. And oh, I'm like, I remember. Can that. I attend? I love I, that. Stuff. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I just think that I think me, you and Miz were maybe the only people that enjoyed that. That yeah. was a thing. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. else hated it. Want to talk me how to get deeper into just tap into different emotions, but also one thing I really took with me that I think really helped my wrestling promos mm -hmm. was I would always pause like, and a lot of wrestlers do this, like they'll do the promo and right before they're about to do the zinger, you know, the drop the bomb, they do a long pause and they drop it versus yeah. like, don't play the meaning of the line. Like just right. say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what we do in life. Yeah. And it's actually a lot more impactful. So I but really it's started- But hard to do in front of a crowd because you oh, do yeah. have to work on like the pacing to like the reactions and like re yeah. like listening to them. For sure. That was the one thing I liked about um, during the pandemic, which that probably the only thing that I liked is that one, <laughs> I knew I could time my promo yes. to the T. Yes. And then also you don't have to cater as much yes. to the sound because yeah. if they're making more noise, you do- you need have to pause, to pause because yeah. that's going to be a part of the success of the segment. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting, but I don't know. Vince would always say, he would always be like, you're my actress. You can do anything. And I think that's why he gave right. me all those, like the Dolph stories and the Bobbies yes. and the, um, and the Aidens. Oh I mean, I've had God. so many scandals. Who you know? hasn't she been with you guys? What is that like <sighs> making out with a man in front of your husband? I don't know. I really came from the act. Like, I'm not sure I blacked out during I know. it. <laughs> I, I do feel like I kind of black out in it. I think that I, again, going from such a young age, telling stories of romance and mm -hmm. love. Um, and like at 15 years old, I was casted in this ballet, modern dance ballet that it was about the Holocaust. And oh I Lord. was getting married and falling in love. And my mother was the director and I had to kiss this boy and I was like 16. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, it's just the job. You can separate them. Yeah, it's just like, it's not, it's the job, you're storytellers. Yeah. And so like- I mean, they were hot and heavy makeouts though. They were pretty. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I just Dolph. go blank. I just go blank. The crazy thing though with Dolph, what was super awkward was that we actually had the practice to kiss in front oh, of- Oh no. Vince. What? Yes. Shut and Miro. Mouth. So, and Johnny Ace. So, and the funny thing is Summer, you'll love this. Summer the week before was telling, you know, Summer's such a great storyteller yes. and she's hilarious. Yeah. And so she's telling the story of how she had the practice kissing Dolph in front of Vince and her Layla section. And I was like, what? You had the practice in front of Vince? Yeah, right. She's like, be ready. You might need to do the same at some point. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. A week later, we get called in. in. It's Ace, Vince, Dolph, Miro. And we had the practice to kiss. And Miro's like turning red in the corner. He's just like, and Vince is like, what? We're all adults. What's the problem? What's the problem? We're all adults. This is professionalism. Don't be weird. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So we do it. And Vince goes, no, 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 no. He's like way slower. He doesn't fully kiss Johnny Ace, but he does it <laughs> fully super slow and they get like this close. Stop. Like, this is, uh, I could not, I mean, it was hilarious. Dolph is dying. Like he's oh, literally in the corner my God. dying because, you know, he's close with Ace. Sure, and, like, sure. And it's apparently not his first time. Oh um, my so, God. But that's why we went so, so, so slow in that segment. I recently watched it with one of my friends and I was like, this is so slow, but. Everyone was like, oh, you look so innocent. Like you had never done it before. And I, that's what Vince was going mm, for. Like Vince okay. was going for, like, especially that kiss versus the other one. Yeah. He wanted it to be like 
innocent. She's right. never kissed someone before. And it was like, how sweet. It was very weird. That is but so funny. He was happy with it. And that YouTube was the most watched YouTube Hot in and all heavy. of 2015. It's wow. like over 52 or like 60 million. Bunch of pervs. Just crazy. trying to get eyes on the product, baby. I actually got a lot more female young teenager fans from the doll story. Really? I think so many people were, were like young girls had um, crushes on dolls. Uh, like my sister. Come on. Like so many people that if I told you, you would be like, Oh my that God, more well-known so... people now. They really? were all like 14 and now they're like 20, you know. Like, oh, okay. And they all yeah, yeah, yeah. had huge crushes. And should, we should call Dolphin. We should just like FaceTime and be like, yo, bro, do you know about this shit? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, legal yeah, actually, now. They're 21. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that so. is so funny. Um, okay, just while we're still on like... Uh, Vince being super into everything, the bun in the outfits. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. that was a whole to do as yeah, well. Totally. Like the bun placement, yeah. what the suits are going to be. Oh, yeah. It was like a very big deal. Yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. Because um, you were in NXT when I was still like developing, yes. find the, finding the look. Hunter really wanted me to like go to stores and figure out. I tried on so much different stuff. Mm-hmm. They landed with basically the concept of, I showed him a picture, um, Triple H, of Pitch Perfect, the yes. opening Barbie yeah. Bellas with like the little bun and like the little suit. And he's like, I think that's what it is. Yeah. So then I would just buy suits from like guests and Marciano and came up to, you know, that's what I was doing in NXT and then came up to WWE and Vince was like, no. And he wanted everything shorter. Like, and I'll never forget, like to me, this is like, I don't take it any awkward way because I've worked in, again, in entertainment for so long. And these are just the conversations that, just are had all the time. Yeah. Um, and so when I'm saying this, I'm not trying to like over-sexualize the situation, especially sure. with everything that's Given going on the, now. Uh, temperatures. Yeah, so I, I never took it at as like I anything was inappropriate, but they're like, no, we want the skirt a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. We want it just a little bit tighter. And also like he didn't like that it was in flats. Sure. And, but in NXT, they wanted to put over his size. Oh, and yeah. so he was like, I want our heels. And I immediately was like, that's Russian. So yeah. to me being like, I thought my skirts were too long, but in NXT, what they were saying, they're like, we don't want you to be like basically overly hot yes, because you might take away. Yes. Where Vince heat. was like, no, we want you to be super hot. Yeah. And yeah. then also usually, usually traditionally Vince is like, I don't want someone to take the heat away from the guys. Yeah. But he was like, no, shorter skirt. And that's, that's Russians. Like Russian yeah. women in the middle of winter, they have the short skirts on, they have the high heels, the mm-hmm. big fur coat, yeah. the red lips. They're always dressed up. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know any Russian woman that wouldn't wear heels. They yeah. wear heels on the sand, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it resonated me with the character. Mm-hmm. And I felt like how I started coming out with the custom made suits yes. by Sandra. Yeah, She used to make Deborah suits and mm-hmm. Stacey Keebler stuff. Yeah. I was like, that's Russian. Like yeah. that's right. So I didn't look at it, it as It is a very fine that. line too. Cause if you have like an ill-fitted suit, it is no. the farthest thing from yeah. being sexy. And these were like costume suits. Yes. Like yeah. they were like costume suits. So I, I was so happy. I was so confident with it. I think, you know, I was like 26. Yeah. And so I, um, to me, 
I'm all these other girls are 20, 21. So I just felt more confident in that because I'm like, this is age appropriate yeah. versus me trying to go and compete with, you know, Paige and Sasha who are all 21 years old. And yeah. so like, I don't know. I'm just, I, yeah. So I felt really, really confident in it. I know that bun was kind of a thing we all decided on. Mm -hmm. And then once it was decided, it was kind of events and a triple H thing. Like triple H didn't want me. They go, no, 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 just do the bun. Like don't change that. Stick in with the bun. Yeah. It's funny how like that branding stuff works. So, cause I remember even when I started yeah. and I had to wear ponytail oh, all yeah. the time. Oh yeah. Vin oh. I, don't know was, I don't know if that was direct from Vince or not. It must've been probably, uh, but yeah, it was like, I had to wear my hair in a ponytail because I, I think they didn't want me to be confused with, with the other blonde. It's probably and with, like, just with being like a diva. They wanted me to be oh. like, professional polished yeah. broadcaster, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. No, I get um, it. I, I get it. But I remember at yeah. the time being like, Oh, I hate this. I don't want to wear yeah. my hair ponytail all the time. Ugh. Totally. Well, I went through another crazy, I know I went through like oh, so many other revamps, but then my last year when I was with Naya, he got, it was same way. Yeah. I had to wear pink. Oh, really? I had to wear a ponytail. I, it was, he got very, very, cause huh. he all of a sudden in the women's division, he really liked what I was doing with Naya. Yeah. And so he looked at me as, he wanted me like to be the girl in distress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. the super baby face pink, the leotard, the high pony, that to him was Lana. And I came back for the Royal Rumble mm -hmm. and I had a gold kind of, I, not a two piece. It was still like a one piece, but more like shorts than a high cut, like Did you hate leotard. It? And my hair was down. <laughs> My hair was like your color and yeah. maybe a little darker. And so it wasn't platinum blonde, but it was like, you know, blondish brown and it was down and I got a call and he was like, that is not Lana. I need you to come back in pink and in leotard with your hair in a ponytail and blonder. Oh Lord. So that's what I did. And I just was like, cool. And then he's like, yeah, this is Lana. This is who you are, Lana. Yeah. You're my Lana. There she is. Yeah. There and she I'm is. Like, cool. Okay. So you had such a great gig as valet, I feel like you could have like done that forever, but you had the itch that you really wanted to wrestle. Like what was sort of the progression of you as a valet into getting into the ring? This is going to be an interesting thing. So like in all <laughs> transparency, because I feel like if I'm completely being honest, I'm always working a little bit. Like yeah. that's where I get from Natty and just sure. not just Natty, a lot of people, you know, <laughs> yeah. and just like, okay, well, what we have this many seconds, this many minutes on total divas or on mm -hmm. a .com or what, what is the narrative? What story do you want to tell? Yeah. And, um, the bottom line is Vince wanted me to wrestle. There was a reason why I wanted to wear suits and I wanted to talk on the mic. My favorite characters were Miss Elizabeth, Paul mm -hmm. Heyman, Stephanie McMahon, Vicky, yeah. you know, these people that could talk and carry segments and tell stories with, you know, essentially with words where yeah. then later we resolve the conflict in the ring. Uh -huh. And that's what I loved. And Stephanie McMahon is one of my favorites, mm -hmm. you know, cause she did so oh, she's the best. much, yeah. you know, from corporate, the relationships stories. Uh -huh. And um, I knew that was my strength. And I'll never forget Vince called us into the office. And this was after we had split up because he was adamant he was like you cannot be with rusev anymore when we started the we want lana chance started he was yes. like that's it you yeah. cannot he's like you have two choices we can either do a relationship story or you're gonna have to go back down the nxt to learn how to wrestle yeah. and i was like i'll do a relationship story like that's cool so then that started and then you know a month and a half in he brings summer in we had no idea and miro's like why like what's happening yeah and he's like well we're gonna have a match 
And Miro didn't want me to wrestle. Mm. Like he's very, very old school. And then he marries me. God bless him. <laughs> and um, bless that sweet yeah, man. He's very traditional. And um, also, he's just like he gets worried. He doesn't want me to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of it, he's like, "You're so good at what you do. Why are you gonna go try to? You know, Paige just got up. Um, Becky, Sasha, all those girls were about to come up. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I'm not gonna be able to catch up with those people. And it's gonna at least take ten years. Or yeah, it maybe, takes a long time. It honestly, yeah. takes forever. These yeah. girls have been wrestling for a long time, and they're younger. On top of it, and so I, both of us, I was like, okay, I'm fine with that, but like. I just think I'm great at this. Let me do what I'm great at versus like, I don't know if I'm going to catch up to these girls. This is, we had this conversation in the office and this is actually the first time saying this story. (laughs) And um, I was just like, I just don't think I'm going to ever be that great. I want to be great at stuff, not good. And he's like, no, this is a wrestling company. And he's like, you have to at the very least know how to bump. He goes, you have to know how to resolve your conflict in the ring and your conflict this summer and you're going to resolve it in the ring. And that was that. And Miro didn't say anything else. And I was like, okay. And you're right. This is a wrestling company. If I just want to do acting, I probably should fuck off. Right, 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 right. And so I do have respect for this. So many other people would want that spot. So I'm going to work my ass off. That was 2015. And Hunter told me never stop training. So that whole year I had been training, like getting in with fit, getting in with gold dust to the fact that no one wanted to help me because they're like, we don't want you to get hurt because we were in such a big program with, you know, John and Miro. But I was like, no, I just, because Hunter was like, trust me. He goes, no one's going to be like, you need to wrestle. And then one day Vince is going to wake up and be like, well, it's time for Lana to have a match. Let's do it. He's like, you want to be ready. And then I talked to Stephanie and Stephanie's like, you know, the very least know how to bump, like know how to take falls, know how to take basic hits. She's like, that's what he wants you to do. And so I just started training my ass off. And then I just didn't think it really resonated with the story of like, if I'm going to go on Total Divas and be like, yeah, I'm only doing this because Vince McMahon wants me to do it. Sure. I just don't think that's even interesting. Like who cares? And you're going to be more of a heel. And I've already like, in general, I'm a heel, so which is fine. I love being <laughs> natural love being born heel over yes. here. Yes. Um, so, but I I do love wrestling. Yeah. And so it wasn't like a lie. Like I love wrestling, and if this is what he wants me to do, and it is a wrestling company, I want to work my ass off. Of course, I'd rather yeah because that's what I'm great at. Yeah. But hey, you're the director. So. What was kind of like your relationship with the fans at that point? Because it felt like people were like, "What's happening here? I don't know if I like this." But then I think that there totally. was a point that it did start to swing back the other way where people could see like, oh, you legit were putting in a lot of work. And I think people could see that like you do respect this business and you wanted to be out there. And obviously everybody wants to do a good job. Nobody wants to show up and be like, what's happening? But you get put in situations that you're like, just figuring it out. Yeah. But what was your like relationship with the fans during that? Um, I mean, it was really hard for me, um, really hard the first two years because- I didn't get a lot of television matches. Mm -hmm. And for a bit, I was like really fighting to even get live event matches. And I will forever be very thankful to Michael Hayes because (laughs) Michael Hayes, it probably was like 2017. And Vince was like, yeah, let her wrestle on live events. And so he started just booking me with Tamina on live events, even if we weren't on television. And I was just, this is where I really started to earn the respect from my coworkers and from the girls. Cause I think it also took a second cause I think I got really pushed and especially 2015 as like kind of wrestling more or not like, you know, just more female in the female um, locker room. And I think that, yeah, people thought 
maybe I just wanted to not put the work in. And I think once 2017 happened and I was taking every comeback, like I would go on tour (laughs) and 14 days straight, I'm like, I'll take the comeback. Or if I was on the baby face, I will take the heat. Like I wanted to take the hardest part because I wanted to pay my dues. And I think after about a year of doing that, like I really earned the respect of, you know, like Becky Lynch and Charlotte, Natty, these girls that were kind of the pillars of the locker room. And um, I learned so much from them. So then when I actually started having matches on television weekly with Naya, it was like, oh yeah, finally people had been seeing me you know, what I've been training for so long and it just takes time. Yeah, you know, that was like probably five years then yep. at that point of wrestling regularly, having live event matches and you can't practice matches with no fans is one thing, but yeah. you have to be out there. Yeah. And um, I just really fell in love with it. I think as a wrestler, I make a better baby face, like selling comes a little bit better for me yeah. um, than unless they gave me bodyguards because it's just not as believable. Right. Like who, right. most of the girls are, you know, taller than me, yeah. stronger than me. So I felt like as a baby face, like was more of my niche yeah. as a wrestler, but as a whole, I make, I think my niche, my sweet spot is a heel. Thanks so much for hanging out with us guys. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the week, enjoyed the best of the sessions. You guys can hear the full length interviews um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, just uh, download them, give them a listen, give them a like, a review. And if you want to see what you're hearing, head on over to my YouTube page. Just search Renee Paquette. It's all up there. And you can see us talking, having this interview, having a hangout. It's all up on there. Um, And that's been like a really great, cool, growing community. So uh, I'm really enjoying the hangouts on the YouTube as well. So we can see you guys over there. And jump in the comment section, you know. Jump in, chime in, leave a comment. Uh, We like filtering through them all, reading about them, maybe even like, I don't know, some constructive criticism if you had it. We're all ears. God, did I open up a can of worms by saying that? I don't know. Be nice. Be cool in there. This has been The Sessions.